It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The most successful team in the history of professional sports. Starting the new millennium, the New York Yankees are once again world champions. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey Alan Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, happy Monday, what do you say, 502, Crystal Presti here on the warm-up show. A couple weeks ago, I had the great honor and privilege of hanging out in this space with uh, Chris McMonagle, Big Mac, C-Mac for the full week. This morning, I am graced with the presence of one... Big Zoo. Good morning, Big Zoo. Oh, hi there, CeeLo. And it's, uh, I guess, a Black Monday here, based on the way you and I are dressed. We are uh, all clad in black here. Black Monday, men in black. Oh, yeah. And, you know uh, what it is. Yeah, yeah. We here, right? Oh, we here, give man. Give me a we... loud, give me some, give me give me a little energy here to get us started here, all right? We here. We here. We well, here, baby. Yeah. Well, you know who's not here? Max Scherzer's not no, here. No. And uh, come Tuesday or tomorrow evening, we'll see if Justin Verlander and others are here. You're a big Met fan, so uh, let's just get your... Initial take on the weekend that was for the Mets and the big move of Scherzer obviously going to the Texas Rangers. I mean, I think uh, I'm happy that it happened because I was afraid they weren't going to actually pull it off. I thought they were going to end up staying pat and not doing anything really of significance, you know, moving Tommy Fams and Robertson eventually. I didn't expect Robertson to go that early. Right. Uh, a little bit of a questionable call there, but whatever. It doesn't really matter at this point. Had Scherzer. the Clay closed out the game for the Marlins Sunday. Saw him wearing number 19 in the Miami Marlins uniform. It looked a little strange. Yeah, not a good number for him. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah, exactly. Hey, But uh, no, when I saw the Scherzer news starting to come out, I'm interested. I'm going, okay, what's the prospect return going to be? Because this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. And honestly, I've wanted Jack Leiter in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't get him. You get a top 50 prospect, though, in uh, Luis Angel Acuna. Nicely done. I like him. I think he's going to be a solid player. you got to just continue to develop. And, I mean, I do have to say this, though. Peace out, Max Scherzer, man. You never really – you never endeared yourself here. You never really cared. Honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna just be real about it. You never didn't really cared. care. Look at Big Zoo comes out firing here on an early I, Monday morning. I mean, it's it, obviously because he just he didn't care about being a Met. I should say mercenary about, piece of crap. Yeah, there that's, you go. You know what? Re reworded. I'm with you there. All yes. he wanted to do here was get a championship. He wasn't even close. As and it's because of him. Right, and he's demanding out, or maybe not demanding out, but he's. Going, I think he did, but I have no, I have no I evidence agree. to back that up. I agree, hundred percent, because you go into that office, you're Max Scherzer, and it's where they are in the, um, in the course of the trade talks. He's going, yeah, send me to Texas, hell yeah, and I'm opting in so that you guys have to pay even more money to Texas. Yeah, I don't know that. I think that was more the Rangers if they were going to give up a prospect like Acuna, True. wanting to have. 
not just a rental, but somebody that they could have onto their rotation for next year because they're kind of, you know, they've been kind of what one of those teams now for the last few years that's been rebuilding, stocking their farm system. You got Chris Young down there running the show, and now they've arrived. They've spent a lot of money in free agency the last couple of years, and you saw the moves that they made beyond Scherzer. They also got um, Araldis Chapman a couple of weeks ago, Jordan and Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery now on Sunday, so they're loading up for the run here. And I'm sure not thinking this is just a one year thing. So from that standpoint, I get it a little bit. Um, you mentioned the money that the Mets send to pull this off. Now, everyone's like, well, they basically, you know, look at Steve Cohen. He spent $36 million just to get Acuna. Now, I will say this. If it wasn't Acuna and it was some other prospect in the Rangers system, I don't necessarily think that the Rangers would have taken on the full Max Scherzer contract. Like, I don't think that extra money that the Mets kicked in or or a big chunk of what's remaining for Scherzer between now and the end of next season was just tied to the level of prospect. A factor... I'm sure there's a number assigned, but I think Max Scherzer gotten to a point, especially if they wanted him to opt in for next year at that number. I don't think he's pitched well enough where anyone would be willing to take that without a, without the Mets picking up a, a big chunk of that contract. Hell no. And honestly, with any of these teams that are in the race right now, you look at them, there's a lot of small market teams out there, mm-hmm. and there's one in particular that I really hope shows up and you know maybe drops something on Billy Epler's desk that won't. Uh, that he can't deny for Justin Verlander, but we'll get to that maybe in a little bit. No, we can get to it right now. Why the hell not? Which team is that? I want the Orioles. Okay. I I I don't want a single trade offer to be considered by the Mets for Justin Verlander until the Baltimore Orioles give them a call. Because their system is so... Chock full of uh, prospects right yep. now after years of sucking and picking, mm-hmm. you know, first, second, third in the draft, so on and so forth. I actually am one of those sickos who's been diving into the Orioles oh, okay. system a little You're bit all over, over the last prospects month or so. right now. All right. Yeah, I've been all over the prospects for like mm-hmm. two months now because I've two kind months. of. Wow. Yeah, I, I kind of. I've been feeling You're this. Breaking down the film from these minor league games here, yeah, checking wa- out guys watching the old the, split. You know, the, the, splits, uh, okay. the OPS is sure, say. sure. Uh, whatever that, you know, I know what that means. Yeah, though. yeah. No, but, um, Heston Kierstad. That's Heston my guy. Heston Kierstad. That's your guy. Outfielder. Okay. He's hit. He's hitting 330 right now in AAA. He's got like a career 320 mm. average across minor league baseball. If I brought five Orioles prospects into this studio right now and lined them up side by side, could you pick out Heston Kierstad? I could. Yeah. He's a big boy. You've seen a headshot or you've actually watched some footage of him play? I saw him crank one out the other way. I the thought other you were going to give me, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Jackson Holiday? Matt Holiday's kid? Oh, that, that was the number nice. one pick last year, I think it was. Yeah, right? he was the number one pick last yeah. year. And he's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's weird. They have. They kind of have a similar issue with the Mets, right? Or maybe not issue because the Mets are these. Some most of these guys aren't even going to see the light of day anytime soon in the majors. But they have a lot of prospects that are shortstops and third basemen who mm-hmm. they're trying to convert into outfielders. So they're listing them as outfielders or they're throwing them out there. But Jackson Holiday is the guy they're concentrating on. And when you have Gunnar Henderson here, you have three or four other shortstops and third basemen who are in AAA and you know on the verge of being ready. I don't know what you end up doing there in Baltimore, but you got to start making some moves. It's a nice problem to have, certainly. But I think when you, if you talk about a, I won't say small market team, but we know the Orioles. They don't like to spend. No, nah, exactly. So if you're talking about Verlander, then you're talking about Uncle Stevie picking up the tab quite a bit again, I have to imagine. Hey, hey I mean, that's why he has money. Yeah. For things, well, not for things like this, because you never really want to do this. But as a Met fan, I have zero 
zero, zero desire to be in this situation ever again. So we're here right now. We here. We here. We here. Make all the freaking moves that you can possibly make and jumpstart this farm system because mm. you're telling me that's what you want to do. You're telling me we want to win. I think they're trying build. to do both at the yeah. same time. You can't. You can't because mm. this is what happens this year. You spend the money you spend, you forfeited your first round draft pick. So Right. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Essentially, the one guy in the draft where you can kind of go, okay, this there's a real good shot. That but we you can know, work him you up. know, historically yeah. with baseball, I mean, what do the rounds really mean? Uh no, you know, nothing. You, yeah, you you know, you give yourself the best chance. You feel like because the guys with more value generally go towards. I mean, but I mean, how many examples of there are? Like, if you ran down the list of first round picks for the Yankees and the Mets in the last thirty years, the no, amount of I, guys that never even sniffed the big leagues. No, absolutely a ton, and I mean Mets wise, it's probably a damn near everybody. Yeah. But um, I, I I'm just saying from the perspective of you're looking to build, right? You no, know, I get that. You, you got to keep that first round pick. You and, could, but you look at it also this way: in that they made two trades over the course of the last week or so, where they added three guys who I don't know, maybe they wouldn't have been taken first round, or in Acuna's case, it's you know on the international side. Um, but guys that are considered to be legitimate prospects with high ceilings. Now, people didn't want to hear that about the Robertson trade because they're like, one's 18, one's 19. But if you read up on what people say about them, it's, hey, you know, these are not just middling, low level, like low level from the standpoint of their upside, right? Absolutely. So, and w- look, what does all that mean? You're diving into the prospects. I mean, we we can all say, oh, yeah, you know, Luis Angel Acuna, he's, he's going to be a stud. He's, he's going to be somewhat like his brother we have no idea uh, I don't think and look no further than and it's not just this example but it happens year in and year out I mean think about where we were at with Anthony Volpe coming out of spring training and who knows maybe he'll turn into a really good player over time but I mean he is not produced anywhere near what you would have expected for the Yankees absolutely not. so this is they are they're prospects for a reason and you all you can do is hope right that's yeah. what it's all about the hope the opportunity the potential the upside but once you get these guys into your system, it's on you to develop them. Uh, some of it's on them, obviously. How do they progress? What happens when they go to these other levels? I mean, and we've seen time and time again, guys that kill it at AAA that can't hack it in the big leagues, the old quadruple-A players. So it's it's hard to say but from a Mets standpoint. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I go back to Friday night listening to Scherzer and what he said after his start against the Nationals and just the tone and the look on his face. I have a hard time believing that he didn't have a significant impact Absolutely. on the outcome less than 24 hours later. Yeah, and and Max Scherzer, like I said, to start, you know, peace, bro, be out. You want to kick rocks? Kick rocks. Like, I don't need you here. You you clearly do not care about this franchise. And, and one other thing to just demonstrate that was seeing Justin Verlander yesterday walking off the mountain. Now, granted, he's getting a standing ovation. The crowd's, you know, letting him feel it a little now, bit. Now, why do you think that was? Do you think that was because they are up on, hey, he this, you never know, he could be traded, mm-hmm. or people were aware that he was in line for his 250th career victory? Like, he didn't... 
He pitched five and a third of one run ball. Yeah. It was a solid start. It wasn't, wasn't a, a great, great outing. Yeah. No, so especially for Verland. So what the heck was that about? I I'm th- not. I mean, it's great. Hey, standing O, and he acknowledged them. That's all cool. I'm just wondering how that came to be. I think honestly, it's it's like you said. I think it's a combination of the fact that they probably were getting a lot of 250 thrown down. Maybe you know, seeing it in their faces. Maybe people are talking about it in the crowd. That's potentially part of it. But I think more so, it's people knowing. This might be the last start he has here. Yeah. And maybe them not understanding his contract. So them thinking, oh, let's make him feel the love. So maybe he'll come back next year, come back the following year. And I mean, I think that could be a little bit a part of it too, is a little naivety in the crowd. But yeah, I, and I listened to Verlander yeah, was after weird, the start. I, I, after the start yesterday. And I don't know. I, I, I understand where the Mets are at, where right now they're going to probably pick up the phone call from anybody on anybody, which is just kind of what Billy Epler alluded to yesterday, in addition to also saying, you know, it's not it's not a fire sale. We're not basically uh, waving the white flag, on, even though they are. They have waved yeah. the white flag on this season. And, by the way, credit to them for acknowledging that and doing that, you know, mm-hmm. because trying to just bang your head against the wall when things clearly aren't going your way, uh, I don't think is the answer. So at least, you know, with Robertson, it's a guy who was – Expiring contract, you get a couple pieces, you want to bring him back in the winter and run it back next year, go right ahead. Yep. With Scherzer, to me, it's a guy that, you know, it's diminishing returns. So last year, the overall numbers were really good, but we understand what happened down the stretch against the Braves and against the Padres. <coughs> yeah, exactly. And it was more of the same this year, you know, Braves again, Padres again. The Yankees start, Red Sox start. I think there's one I'm missing. I kind of run oh, through the list. Oh, there's probably about four more that you're missing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and again, he's on, he's on track for, you know, his worst season ERA-wise in over 10 years. Yep. And he's, you know, it's a lot of lot of mileage on the on those tires. And I think it's a situation where, I mean, let's get something for him while we still can. And you're going to say, yeah, but you're also paying for him next year. But you were going to pay for him anyway because mm-hmm. he wasn't opting out. He's going to, I mean, at his age – in a season where he's going to pitch to an ERA potentially over four, there's no way he's saying, yeah, you know what, $43 million? No thanks. Here, you take it back, or I'm going to go back out into the market. So I, I actually applaud the Mets for the, for, the, for the approach and the wherewithal to kind of figure, all right, well, you know what, we're paying one way or the other. Let's use that resource that we have of being able to cut these checks and let's go get ourselves a legitimate prospect. The Verlander situation is different, right? Because he's in year one of his mm-hmm. deal with the Mets, so he's on the books for next year. It's he's got the no trade. There's no you know opt in or opt out clause situation. And the other thing is, I get your point. The Orioles, whoever, someone makes you a great deal, a great offer, you got to at least listen. But if you move out both of those guys and you're serious about contending next year, like you're going right back out into the market this winter, whether it's in free agency or a trade, because you're looking at a situation then where the only holdover for next year or the top holdover for next year is Kodai Senga, who's pitched well, but you you can't you're not you can't go into next year and say, hey, we're a really a serious contender, and here's here, Kodai Senga's our ace. No. So and I and I can't tell you right now who's going to be available come the winter, whether it's in free agency or a trade. So, but you're you're then spending more money or using more resources to go out and fill those two holes that you just created. I I look at it this way. I mean, and I'm looking at the Mets farm system right now. You got like the Baltimore Orioles have. They have a lot of sh- in middle infielders, third baseman guys that they're trying to find positions for. Mm-hmm. And they have Kevin Parada. They have so, no pitching. No pitching in the minors. Or at least nothing that's, you know, knocking not, on the door. Exactly. And everything that is knocking on the door is a five plus ERA. So I don't want to hear about guys <laughs> in AAA and double A right now. But 
I do think with all of those, you know, fielding prospects that you have, you could potentially go out this offseason, and I think this guy is going to be available for the right price, and that would be one Shane Bieber from Cleveland. Okay. And I think that's the, that would be the smart move, to get a guy in his late 20s. I think he's my age. Maybe he's going to be 28. So, you know, late 20s, sign him to a nice long-term deal. That's your guy. You're still looking then at, like, if you did move Verlander. And I'm not saying you're... Well, that you're, would be in that scenario, of right. course. Okay, so then you've got Bieber, Sanga, and Quintana. You still got work to do in that rotation. Yeah. Because Carrasco's you, done. We know that. Scherzer's gone. McGill and Peterson have been underwhelming at best. I mean, maybe maybe Peterson gets a shot now that Scherzer's gone and he shows you something like you thought you were going to get at the beginning of the season because he was dominant in spring training. You're like, okay, still young player, lefty, good Paul. stuff, upsize, you know, upside, all those things. It just hasn't hasn't happened for him yet. But if they, you know, if they really have designs on hey, we're going to take another run at this thing next year. That's where, I mean, unless there's some sort of overwhelming package that somebody offers for Verlander, and to this point it sounds like that hasn't happened. I imagine that come Tuesday at 6 o'clock, he's still on the Mets. I think the same thing, especially after his comments yesterday and the way that it just kind of, the way that that felt when he walked off the mound, it felt like, okay, this guy's not going anywhere because he hasn't been here long enough for this type of a reception and this type of a reception is going to tell a guy like him, I got to stay here. So I thought that's what I thought watching that is he's not going to allow himself to get traded. And anymore. I thought if there was something really brewing or percolating that he wouldn't have even made the start yesterday. I was yeah. kind of quite honestly expecting almost to wake up to that on Sunday. Like, ah, we're going to scratch him, push him back, you know, and that Dave would have Peterson. told you, hey, there's something going on here. Uh, not the case, not to say it won't happen, but, you know, we've got, uh, what, 36, uh, 37 hours or so as we begin the countdown to uh, Tuesday's trade deadline at 6 o'clock. All right, that's the Mets' perspective. On the other side, you've got the Yankees, and uh, it was an ugly weekend, again, for the Yankees down in Baltimore. An opportunity for it to go the other way, and then they made a decision as far as Sunday's game went with Aaron Judge, but in the end, it didn't really matter because Luis Severino basically uh, couldn't get anybody out in the first inning. So we'll dive into that when we return just off and running here on a Monday warm-up show. CeeLo and Big Zoo leading you into uh, Boomer, not Boomer, Geo and Al Dukes. Woo! How about that? Al Dukes sitting in the power chair, not the power chair, the boomer chair, coming up at the top of the hour here on The Fan.